book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you would. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let's go there. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I'll give you just a moment to find that. The book of Ecclesiastes. Turn over there. And it's about the middle of the Bible, give or take. So I'll give you a moment to find that. The book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says to everything there's a season, a time. Notice a time for every purpose under heaven. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep. A time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away. A time to tear, a time to sow. A time to keep silence, a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, time of peace. What do you think we're going to be talking about today? Talk about time. That word time comes up again and again. You know, time is our most precious commodity. Did you ever think about that? It's our most precious commodity. Time is our most precious commodity. Actually, God is sandwiched approximately 7,000 years between two eternities. Did you ever think about that? 7,000 years sandwiched between two eternities. And time is something that, that most people, just about everybody I've ever met, is conscious of, is time. Think about it. What's the first thing that probably, if you're like most people, what's the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? You look over and see what time it is. Or if you wake up in the middle of the night, what do you, what do you think most people probably do? They'll probably look over to see... What time it is. How many of you do that besides me? You look and see what time it is. We're conscious of time. What, what starts going through your mind if you're like most people? If the preacher is talking on and on and on and on. I mean seriously. What, I mean if you're like most people. Uh, what are you thinking about? You're probably thinking about what time it is. You know I learned one thing. and it, Time goes by a lot. Uh, quicker up here than it does when you're sitting out there. I noticed this first when I was a school teacher. When I was a student, it seemed like the time in that class, it's just drug by, just drug by. You know, when I was a student, but then when I become a teacher, I was so excited about being a teacher that I'd start the class and before you knew it, it seemed like that hour was gone. I guess time flies when you're having fun. So what I have to realize is that you sitting out there and me sitting out here. Now, you know time's the same for every... I mean, I mean is that right? I mean, it's the same, but, but uh, when you're teaching or preaching or whatever it may be, it seems to go by quicker than when you're sitting out there a lot of times having to endure what the person is saying. So I've tried to be more conscious of that over the years, but, uh, but we're all conscious of time. Think about what the Bible said here, a time to, born, to be born and a time to die. You know, that's something we need to think about, that uh, there is a time where we're all going to, if the Lord tarries his coming, 
we're all going to die eventually. Is that right? I mean, there's no way to escape that, is there? Have you figured out a way to escape that? But there is a time. There is a time to die. The Bible says it's been appointed unto men to die. And uh, so there's a time for that. And, uh, you know, when you think about dying, you know, there are things that... Have you ever heard somebody say, uh, well, you know, it was just... When it's, when it's our time to go, it's our time to go. There's nothing we could do about it. Have you ever heard anybody say that? But you know that's not true, is it? That's not true. I mean, there there is a time for us to go, but you know there's things we can do to prolong our days, isn't there? Is there is there natural things we can do? Like eat right and exercise? Is that right? And what about spiritually? Is there anything you can do spiritually? What does the Bible say? Honor your parents that you're... Days might be what? Long on the earth. And, that, and there's lots of things as you look into the Bible spiritually. Lots of things you can do to prolong your days. Um, the Bible talks about a, like a bloodthirsty man. You know, a cruel bloodthirsty person will not live out half of his days. You know, And so there's things that we can do like walking in love and forgiveness and honoring our parents and whatnot. There's things we can do that pr- can prolong our days. But even so, there comes a time that's appointed for to die. Is that right? And when that time comes, you know, and I'm not preaching a message about dying here today, but uh, we're talking about time. But when that time comes, there's, there's, a, there's a way to die, a dignified way to die. You've studied the Bible, haven't you? You know the best way to go is like that one guy in the Old Testament. He lived out his days. How many days are determined? How many years are determined on us? Do you know? 120. A lot of people say 70, but that's Israelites in the wilderness back in the book of Genesis. You know, man was designed to live for eternity. And then through uh, uh, sin, you know, death entered in. And then in the process of time, God came in there in the book of Genesis and set man's years at 120. But uh, there's one guy there in the Old Testament. He lived out his days and uh, he blessed his children. And he pulled his feet up in the bed and dismissed his spirit and died. Now that's the best way to go, wouldn't you say? Is that the best way to go? That's the best way to go. And so, um, but there's a time for it. There's a, there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. That's one of the, one of the challenges of ministry is because when you minister to people, there are some people that they're in, a, they're in a great time of rejoicing and something good has happened. And then later on that day, you have to go and, and tend to a funeral where people are weeping. And so as a minister, I've learned that, you know, you got to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. But, uh, but there's a time to weep. And there's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn, a time to dance. The Bible talks about a time to plant and a time to, to, to pluck what is planted. There's, there's times, there's seasons. The Bible talked about a time to kill and a time to heal. That time to kill actually isn't talking about uh, you know, killing one another. It's really talking about killing animals and uh, particularly sacrificially or it does have to do with capital punishment. You know, as you study the Bible, if somebody has committed a, a bloodthirsty murder and they're for sure guilty, then the, you know, then the Bible is in favor of capital punishment. And, uh, but that's not murder. That's uh, 
a life for a life and so on. But there's a, there's a time for these different things. The Bible talks about a time to break down and a time to build. I know when we bought this property here, there were old farmhouses and things on it. And there was a time to tear them down. And then once they were tore down, it was time to build them up, you know. The Bible, to build this building, you know. And then there's a time to cast away and a time to gather, you know. There's a time that you ought to be saving. Is that right? And there's some times where you need to spend on some things. So there's, there's different times. There's a time to win. The Bible says a time to gain and a time to lose. You know, there's a time to win and then sometimes you lose. How many of you know in life that, that sometimes we do lose some some things, don't we? We lose. Particularly if you play sports, you know, you're not going to win all the time. I l- wish I could win all the time. I like to win all the time, but but sometimes you lose. And you know, what I've always looked at in sports is that, you know, I, this this coach, this baseball coach of mine when I was a kid, he told me this, and it's really right. He said, you know, anybody can smile when they're winning, but what are you doing when you're losing? I've already seen grown men, when they lose, you know, they'll, they'll, if it's a golf club, they'll just beat the golf club on the ground or they'll break it. Or I've watched people throw tennis rackets against the, the, uh, the, the, the fence when they lose. I've watched grown men, pastors of large churches, lose at a basketball game and they just start kicking the chair. Is that something? Well, there's a time to <laughs> there's a time to win. There's a time to lose, and we need to win gracefully and lose gracefully. Is that right? Is that correct? The Bible talks about a time to keep and a time to throw away, or a time to tear, a time to sow. You know, there's you know, have you ever does any of you ever have like a closet or something where there's a bunch of old clothes in it that you're that you haven't worn for a long time and 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 you go through that and and if you're like me I get ready to throw it away and then and Diane'll tell me, let's throw that away, you haven't worn that in sixteen years. Yeah, but you never know. I just might need to wear that one of these days, you know. Has anybody ever done that besides me, you know? But there's a time you need to get rid of some of that old stuff. There's a time, to, the Bible talks about it, this is a good one here, a time to keep silent. See, you don't, usually you only hear this passage read at funerals, right? Is that right? We're talking about it here today. There's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. We all need to listen to this one, including me. Uh, one Bible version says it this way, there's a time to speak up and a time to shut up. Is that true? There are some times, I mean, there are some times as I look back in my life that I wish I had spoke up and said something. And then there's more times as I look back that I wish I would have shut up and not said anything. Anybody, can you relate with me on that? You know the Bible said even a fool is considered wise if he keeps silent. Time to love, a time to hate. Now that hate there actually doesn't, you know, we're not supposed to hate people or things like that. But if you look at it in the context of the Bible, there's a time 
to set yourself against something. That word hate there actually means to set yourself against something. You know, there's a time that we need to take a stand on some things and set ourselves against some things. Is that right? I mean, there's a time you need to draw the line in the sand and, and just, you know, tell the devil or whoever else, now that's as far as you've come, now that's it. Like Popeye said, that's all I can stand, I can't stand no more. Remember that? Is that right? That's it. Time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing much. We could say a time of war, a time of peace, and so on and so forth. But, you know, time, again, time is our most precious what? Our most precious commodity, isn't it? Our most precious commodity. And, you know, time is something that we should not waste. Look at Acts 17.21. Let's go to Acts 17.21. Acts 17.21. Time is something that... We should not waste. Has any of you ever wasted time besides me? Wasted time? Just wasted time? Uh, my mother always said this. She said fighting, arguing is, is, is wasted time. It's right, isn't it? Fighting and arguing is wasted time. Just think what you could accomplish. In that time, besides fighting and arguing. Acts 17.21 said, For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their what? Spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear some new thing. They're always looking for something new, something different, something new, something different, something new. The point here is, is that they were wasting their time, weren't they? Wasting their time. Again, has anybody ever wasted time besides me? Have you ever wasted money on something? You you spent money on something and, oh man, I shouldn't have, you know, I don't need that, you know. Why did I, I wasted my money. Ever wish you could go and get that money back and sometimes you just can't. But time's the same way, you know. We waste it, we can't get it back. It's gone. I want to make you conscious here this morning that time is our most precious commodity. It's something that we should not waste You must realize that time is short. Look at James 4.14. Look at James 4.14. The time of our life is really short. Now look at this. James 4.14. says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little what? For a little time and then vanishes away. We need to be cognizant of that. We need to be aware of that. That our life appears for a little time, for a little while, and then vanishes away. And you might say, but Pastor Terry, wait a minute. 120 years is what's been determined on man. It's how long God has given us to live, 120 years. You know, most folks don't make it that long, do they? And there's much we could say about that. But... uh, But nonetheless, 120 years, now to me, 120 years is a long time. Is it to you? 120 years is a long time. I mean, it really is. Well, how can God say that then, that our life is just for a little time? Because he's looking at it from his perspective, which is eternity. And you know, from from the standpoint of eternity, 120 years is just like that, isn't it? Doesn't the Bible say that that a day is as a... 
to God, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. Now, I've been, I've been alive just uh, about 49 years. And, you know, to me, that's, I look back at it, and that, to me, that's, that's pretty long. It's a long time. But to God, it's, I mean, it's faster than that. It's faster than that. I mean, you think about, what do we say? 7,000 years sandwiched between two eternities. So, 7,000 years. Is that a long time to anybody in here? It's a long time. But to God, it's like, it's a week. To us. You need to realize that about God. It helped me a long time ago when I realized this, that there's, there's passages in the Bible that, you know, God would say, well, the time is short. Remember that? Remember he told John in the book of Revelation, he said, behold, I come quickly. Now that was, what, 2,000 years ago. And, and he hasn't come yet. Now he is coming, but he hasn't come yet. So he told John 2,000 years ago, he said, I'm coming quickly. Well, to me, coming quickly is, you know, in, a, in, in maybe an hour or two. Do you understand that? Or maybe 30 minutes. But to God, when he said that to John, I come quickly, it's been 2,000 years. But to him, it's been two, like two days to us. I've learned this about the judgment of God as he deals with people. And uh, I've, I've learned this over the years. I've watched this over the years. And, and when he talks about judgment and, you know, you think the hammer, you know what I mean by the hammer, the judgment of God is going to fall on somebody. But God is merciful and he's, he's long-suffering. And uh, how many of you glad he's long-suffering? And uh, I'm glad of that. But, but you see, judgment, you think, you think he's going to judge somebody, you or somebody else, you know, in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months. But it can be years that he'll let something go on. Years. And we think we're getting away with it, whatever it is. But it's just the long-suffering of God. But eventually he'll deal with it. But if you understand that God looks at things from his perspective, then it'll, it'll, it'll help you. Now, uh, you need to know this about God. As you study the Bible, you find out that he has set times for things. He has set times for things. He works in times and seasons. We must be aware of this. I want you to be cognizant of, to- cognizant of time here, that God has given us time, and that he works in times and seasons. There's a scripture that says this, When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. Remember that? But he didn't send him. I'm talking about when he was born of a virgin there in Bethlehem, you know. But it wasn't until the time was right. How many remembers reading that when the fullness of time had come? God works in times and seasons. Do you remember Jesus as he went in his, through his ministry here on the earth, he would say this again and again. Uh, he would say, my time has not yet come. Remember that? So you see, he, he was cognizant of, there was a t- what he meant by that was, is that there was a time for him to go to the cross and die on the cross. And, and, and he would say, my time has not yet come. And, and uh, so he, we see God, is, he works in times and seasons and 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 so we need to realize that 
And we need to realize that God has given each of us time. He works in times and seasons. And there's a scripture in, in, in the book of Esther. I'd like you to turn there. Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4. Have you ever heard this statement? You know, for a time such as this or for such a time as this. Have you ever heard that statement? And that comes from the book of Esther and Queen Esther as God put her into a very, I mean, she came from very humble beginnings and and God providentially uh, used her and put her into a position of of, of great authority. And uh, and, and he used her actually to, to save the Jewish nation. But there came a time, real loud say a time, time. Yeah, say it again, a time. a time. See, there came a time where she was to rise up and do what God had called her to do. You know, God may not use you or me in such a, what we would look at as such a mighty thing here as saving the entire Jewish race. But God has a time for us just like he had a time for Esther. How many of you believe that we're on this earth for a purpose and God has a purpose for us and a plan for us? And while he may not use us to save an entire race of people, he would use us and to him it's just as important. He might use us in our life to bring the gospel to certain people so that they'd be saved, miss hell and make heaven. We need to be aware of this. That just like God had a time for Esther, that he has a time for each and every one of us. Notice here in Esther chapter 4 verse 13, Mordecai, which was her uncle, said uh, or told them to answer Esther. Now notice, he's sending a message to Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Now watch this. For if you remain completely silent at this time. See, there was a time for her to speak up and say something. God used her and God caused things to happen. And God set her up for this certain time. And and, and so her uncle sends word to her and says, If you remain completely silent at this time. See, there's a time to be silent and then there's a time to speak. This was her time to speak. If you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Now we'll come right back to that. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. See, there was a time that God had for her to do what he wanted her to do. And it was time for her to speak up and say something. And notice, if she remained completely silent, now she had that choice, didn't she? She could use her time wisely or unwisely. She could speak or she could say, stay silent. It was time for her to speak. But she was warned that if you stay silent at this time, Notice what he says here, that God will deliver the Jews from another place. Didn't he say that? 
So, so in other words, what he's saying is, is that God has chosen you. He set you in this position. He, he's caused things to happen for this time for you to speak up so that he can use you. But if you won't yield to him, if you won't let him use you, guess what? He's going to use somebody else. Did you, did you hear that? He'll use somebody else. And if he does, is it going to cost Esther? It's going to cost her. But you and your father's house will what? Will perish. This is serious. This is a serious thing here that I want you to get. God has a time for each of us. He has a season for each of us. And and he works on us for years. Did you ever think about John the Baptist? God worked on him for years and then just used him for a very short time. Is that right? And you think of our Lord himself, he, 30 years, and he was used publicly for three, three and a half. Is that right? Do you know God can work on us for years and years and years to get us ready for something that may last just a short time? I've learned this, that the preparation time takes longer than the actual use time. Did you get what I just said, where he actually uses you to do something? And the reason most people don't ever get to the where God could really use them the way that he wants to is because they haven't been faithful with their time over here in him getting them ready. Did you get what I just said? So if she does not use her time wisely, God is still going to rescue the Jews. He'll use somebody else to do it. But it says here in verse 14, but you and your father's house will perish. Please let's get a hold of this today, that God has a time for each and every one of us. Do you think any of us are here just by accident? I don't think so. I think God had, uh, he knew from the foundation of the, of the earth that we were going to be living in 2012. How, how many of you would agree with that? He'd know that. He has us here. He has us here for a purpose. He has us here for a reason. He works in times and seasons. He's working on each and every one of us. And, and I've learned this. It, 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 we must not waste our time. Somebody say amen. Let's don't waste our time. Let's don't waste our time. Time is our most precious commodity. He's given us time. You know, he hasn't given us time to gossip and backbite. He's given us time to study the word, seek his face, pray. Is that right? Be good parents, good husbands, good wives, and all so on and so forth. You know, But he's getting us ready for something. And let him work on each and every one of us so that when the time comes for you to Step up and do what it is you're supposed to do, whatever that is, that you'll be ready. Because, you know, if you won't obey God, guess what? He'll find somebody else who will. Is that right? Now, somebody might say, well, pastor, I really haven't wasted my time. I've been seeking God. I've been praying. I haven't been gossiping, backbiting. I haven't been tail-bearing. I've been walking in love. I've been seeking God. I've been studying. I've been praying, all this. But it just seems like that thing that God dropped in my heart, it just it hasn't happened yet. It just hasn't had that time. That time hasn't come. That time hasn't come. Well, go to First Peter 5, 6. Let me encourage you with this scripture. Notice this. First Peter 5 and 6 says this, 1 Peter 5, 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in what? In, in due time. Be encouraged that if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're walking right before God and living right and doing all what you're supposed to be doing, he has a time for you, he has a season for you. 
And, and the thing that, 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 that I'll just tell you about my life here, he doesn't have a time or a season to make us famous. Do you know, I, I always wanted to be famous. When I was a kid growing up, I wanted to be a famous golfer, famous tennis player, famous preacher. Do you know what? God could care less about that. I said God could care less about that. I know some people that are famous worldwide. And do you know what? That's not all it's cracked up to be. Did you hear me? I mean, I, 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 you know, I think it'd be cool to be sitting in at the restaurant and somebody come over and want my autograph. I used to think that'd be cool. But what if you had 35, 40, 50, 60, 100 people standing in line to the point you can't even eat dinner, to the point the security has to take you out the back, to the point you can't even walk up to your house without the security. If you come in there maybe and have a hat on and, and uh, uh, you know, maybe some old clothes on or whatever, you walk up to your house, the security gets you before you get to the door. I mean, that'd get old quick, wouldn't it? Did you know fame is not all that it's cracked up to be? God could care less about you and me being famous. He's not interested in that. But he does have a time for each and every one of us to rise up and, and, and do what he's called us to do. Not to be famous, but real loud say to bless, to bless people. people. That's his concern. And if we won't cooperate with him and we waste our time, I've watched it. I've watched people waste their time, waste their time, waste their time. And then one reason there's so much frustration in people a lot of times is because they get to that hour where on the inside they know that they're supposed to be used in a certain way, but they haven't been faithful with their time. God hasn't been able to prepare them the way that he wanted to. And so that when that time time comes, he can't use them. And that causes great frustration within people. God has a purpose and a place and a time for each and every one of us. So if you are doing all you're supposed to be doing, just stay humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in, realize, say, in due time. In due time. One of the best things you can do with your life is, is, is seek the Lord, walk right before the Lord, and, and let him work on you and get you ready so that when your time comes, whatever that may be, That you'll be ready. Now somebody might say, well, pastor, I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, uh, you know, what what should I do? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. Actually, in these two verses, we're going to see the great goodness of God as it pertains to time. As it pertains to time. Look at this. Revelation 2 and 20. Notice he's talking to a, a, a lady here in this church. This one of these churches in the book of Revelation here, one of these seven churches. In Revelation 2.20, he says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. See, God commends for the good, and then he points out what is negative. And notice here, he says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants, to commit sexual immorality, and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Now, how many of you would agree with me that's pretty bad stuff right there, isn't it? Committing sexual immorality... And eating things sacrificed to idols. That's pretty bad stuff going on right in the church. That's pretty bad stuff. 
But verse 21 really will show you something about the goodness of God as it pertains to time. Notice this. I gave her time to repent. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and some bad news here. And she did not repent. But he gave her time, didn't he? And you know, God has given each and every one of us time to repent. Really, that's, if you look at it from a big perspective, really that's what our time here on earth is really about, in, in the large sense of, uh, of things, is that we're all sinners, you know, before we get saved. And God is looking for each and every one of us to do what? To repent and place our faith in Jesus. Is that right? But then even after we've done that, we've become the righteousness of God in Christ and we're new creatures in Christ and all of that. Has anybody ever messed up since they've got saved besides me? Okay. So we're all in the same boat. Well, when you mess up... Guess what? See, God gives every sinner, including you and me, before we got saved, He gives every sinner time to what? Time to repent. But every Christian, as we walk our Christian lives, as we miss it, as we sin, as we don't have to sin, but I've noticed people, Christians do, because we still have this flesh to deal with. But God's good when we mess up. He gives us time to what? Time to repent. And it's very important that we use that time wisely. Did this lady here in Revelation use her time wisely? She didn't. And actually, if you read on the next few verses, I'm not going to take the time here, but if you read on the next few verses, you would see that even though she didn't use her time wisely, God is still giving her more time. He's still looking for her to repent. Of course, he warns what will happen if she doesn't. But uh, he gives each and every one of us time to repent. Do you know those who are in eternity, listen to me now very carefully, Remember, we've got, what, approximately 7,000 years sandwiched between, what, two eternities. Think about this. People who, are, who have died and gone on into eternity now, if they're in hell, if they never use their time to repent, if they never use that wisely and repented and made Jesus the Lord of their life, they're in hell right now. Do you know everybody in hell, you know the one thing that they would want more than anything else if you could talk to any one of them. You know what they would want? They would want some time back up on the earth in their body. Just 30 seconds. Did you hear me? Because what they would want is this. When they got back in their body, guess what they'd do inside 30 seconds? They'd repent and say, Jesus, come on in to my heart. Is that right? But... It's, they've, they're, it's, they're lost forever. They're, it's over for them. It's done. The only thing they have to look forward to is being, being vomited, if you, it's a word that 
the Bible uses in the King James. The only thing the people in hell right now have to look forward to is that at some point in the future, they're going to be, their, their spirits are going to be vomited up out of there. And much we could say about it, they're going to stand before the great white throne of Almighty God to be judged for the things they've done in their bodies. And then they're going to be cast into a worse place known as a lake of fire. That's nothing good to look forward to. Any one of those people, if you could talk to them, I'll guarantee it to you what they would say. Just give me, just give me 30 seconds of time back up on the earth. But you know what? There's something else I want to point out to you. Is that there's people in heaven right now. How many of you know that's a better place than hell, isn't it? But did you know that there's people in heaven right now? Now, how many of you would agree with me the worst heaven has to offer far out does what the best earth has to offer? Is that right? But having said that, there's people in heaven, I guarantee it to you, I know it. There's people in heaven right now, they, they, they used their time wisely, they repented of their sins, they asked Jesus into their heart and all of that, they missed hell, made heaven, they're in heaven right now. But there's people in heaven right now that if you, that if you, if you could ask them, if you could ask them, what, what would you like? Now you've got to get the context in the way I'm saying this. Because there, anybody that's ever got a taste of heaven, they don't want to come back here. Say amen. That's, but, but in this context, there's people there that they didn't do as well as they should have here on the earth. They didn't live for God as well as they should have here on the earth. They weren't as fervent for Jesus uh, here on the earth. I believe those people would like to be able to go back and get in their bodies and live their Christian lives. Over And you know what? They'd be more fervent for the Lord. They'd be more serious about the house of God. They'd be more serious about walking right before the Lord. They'd be more serious about the things of God. Because the Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ. And the Bible talks about great reward that's given. And then the Bible says about Christians now, they will suffer loss. Their works will be burned and they'll suffer loss. I believe there's people in heaven right now that would like to come back and get a do-over. So that their reward would be greater in heaven. The thing about it is, is that they're there, the people in hell are where they are. Now don't misunderstand me, there's nobody ever gone to heaven that I've ever talked to, that I've ever read about or heard about. Because you know, there are some people that have gone, that have got some glimpses of it and come back. Is that right? Brother Hagen was one of them, you know. And uh, he, he, he didn't want to come back. Anybody that I've ever, reputable, there's a lot of nuts out there, but any reputable people that I've ever studied after that have had those near-death experiences, they, they, they get a glimpse of, of heaven. They don't want to come back here. You know why that is? Because the Bible said, says that it's far, real loud say far better. Far better. Yeah. How can, how can Paul say for me to live as Christ and to die as gain? Because heaven's a lot better than earth. Amen. But you understand the context of what I'm talking about. There's people that, I'm talking about Christians. Now they're in heaven. That they, get, they go for eternity. They could have done so much better for the Lord here on the earth. Their reward could have been so much greater. But, but they lost it. Well there's good news for you and me. We're right here. We're on earth. We can still do something about the time we have, can't we? Can't we? The Bible says, there's a scripture that says, redeem the time. Have you ever read that scripture? Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity is what that means. We need to make the most of every opportunity. 
We need to make the most of every moment that we have. We need to, that, 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 that wife that you have or that husband that you have or that child that you have or that, you know, that parent that you have, whatever. We need to make of most of every opportunity with them. When word comes that my mother has gone to heaven, when word comes that she's gone to heaven, you know what I can know? I can know a couple of things. We got her to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, we never got her baptized with the Spirit, but you know what? We got her to the Lord. Amen. Now, she don't know too much about the Bible, a lot of, a lot of the facts of the Bible, but you know what? You don't have to know much to get in heaven. You just have to know somebody. His name's Jesus. Is that right? So we got her to the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, so that's the most important thing. But then after that, There's not one regret that I'll have. There's not one word that I've left unspoken. There's not one deed that I've left undone with her. There's not, I won't, uh, I I, I won't, I'll never say this. You know, I should have made one more trip over there to Del Mar Gardens. See, I'm aware of this. I'm conscious of this. Time. My wife, there's not one word left unsaid, not one deed left undone. Have you ever heard somebody, news comes that so-and-so's died, and they said, oh, if I could have just told them one more time that I loved them. If I could have just showed them one more act of kindness. Nothing wrong with visiting a gravesite, But give your flowers to people while they're alive. Not after they're dead. There's nothing wrong with sending flowers to the funeral home or taking flowers to the grave. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, I see my mother every day now. When she goes to be with the Lord, I'll probably go to the cemetery once in a blue moon. Her body will be there, but her spirit won't. She'll be gone. Did you hear what I just said? Now, there's nothing wrong with going to gravesite and all that, but, but you understand what I'm saying. There's a lot of people don't go make those daily visits or the, the visits as they can. But then when the person dies, now they're in the grave. Now they're going to go every day and bring flowers. It's too late then. Give flowers while they're alive. Make the most of Can you say amen? Make the most of every opportunity with, with all your loved ones. The Bible also talks about redeeming the time. Redeem means to rescue from loss. I do believe that, you know, if, if we wasted some time, we can, uh, we can believe the Lord to redeem that time. And I believe he'll help us in this. And we can do some things uh, uh, concerning this to go back and make up, make up. We can't get the time back. But I think if we're aware of this message today, we can do some things to make up for the time we've lost. Amen? Did you get what I just said? And we need to do this because the time is short. Realize, say the time is short. Say the time short. Oh, time short. How many of you know Jesus is getting ready to come back? Oh, he is. And I could talk for an hour and a half, all the signs of the end and earthquakes in diverse places. Knowledge on, has been, how many of you know knowledge has been increased, but dramatically we could go on and on. And the, the signs of the times are all here upon us. We're right at the door and Jesus is getting ready to come back. Can you say amen? amen? The time is short. Something else, right as I close this message, right before I close it, something else the Lord wanted me to get through to you, right before we're, we're done. 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. Turn over there. 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. 
while you're turning there, I'll just say this. Have you ever, now you know a while ago I talked to you about how when I'm up here preaching, it can go quick for me. But when you're sitting out there, it can take a long time, seemingly. Have you ever been in a service, though, where the minister is going along and it finally he says, let's, let's close our Bibles and stand. And you look at your watch and it seems like, oh my gosh, only it's been an hour. It seems like it's only been about 30 seconds. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? Do you know why that is? I can explain it to you. Because you get over in the spirit. Now there's no time over in the spirit. Now there's distance in the spirit. There's no time in the spirit. There's no time. You get over in the spirit. That's why, see, you get over in the spirit. The minister gets over in the spirit. Congregation gets over in the spirit. Man Man of God can stand up under the anointing of God for an hour and a half, two hours. And you look at your watch, it seems like 30 seconds has gone by. Now you get somebody up teaching and preaching, they're not over in the spirit, they're not doing it under the anointing of God, one hour can seem, one minute can seem like three or four hours. Did, did you hear what I just said? There's no time over in the spirit. I like to get over in the spirit. How about you? Yeah, good things happen when you get in the spirit. Amen. Somebody said, Pastor, tell me what you're talking about, getting over in the Spirit. I can't explain it to you. It's kind of like going to the Grand Canyon. I can't explain the Grand Canyon to you. I can try to explain it to you, but you don't get the full essence of it until you go look at it with your own eyes. John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day on the Isle of Patmos, and he heard behind him a sound as of, of a rushing mighty water. Is that right? Turn and it was Jesus. Amen. How many of you are hungry for being over in the Spirit? How many of you are hungry for being over in the Spirit? How many of you are hungry for being over in the Spirit? How many of you are hungry for being over in the Spirit? Amen. Praise God. I'd rather get over in the Spirit and flow with the Spirit of God than to come to church on Sunday morning to be entertained. Did you hear what I just said? (laughs) Yeah, give us a 30-minute little talk, Pastor, so we can come in here and get out. You can't get over in the Spirit with a 30-minute little talk. But yet that's what so many want in this hour. Well, I'm not going to go off in that direction. Let's close up. 1 Corinthians 4 or 5 and we'll close. This will encourage you as much as anything else. Have you found that yet? Judge nothing before... Before what? Judge nothing before the what? The time until when? Until when? Until the Lord comes. Who will bring... To light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Yeah, Pastor, so and so, they've been, they've, they're, they've been sinning, they've been doing this, they've been doing that, they've been doing the other, and I haven't been doing, I hadn't been doing any of that. Seems like they're being blessed and I'm not. Well, you realize that God deals with some people on this side of the grave and some people on the other. Did you know that? Did you notice some blessings come on this side and some come on the other? Did you know some judgment is dealt out on this side and some on the other? So judge nothing before the time. Will you do that? Judge nothing before the time. Until when? Until 
the Lord comes. There was a group of people in the book of Malachi. They said it's vain to serve God. What profit is it to serve God that we've walked right before the Lord and we've sought the face of God and we've walked mournfully before the Lord. And these other people over here, they don't pray, they don't study, they don't seek the Lord. All they're into is entertainment. How can they have a little bit of cheap fun? It looks like they're being blessed and we're seeking the Lord and we're going backward. They're, they're not. They're going forward. You know, what, explain that to me, Lord. Those people cried out in the book of Malachi. They said it's vain to serve God. And God listened in and he said, wait a minute. He said, just hold on. He said, wait until this whole thing settles up at the end. Wait until the day of judgment. And he said, then you'll discern again between the righteous and the wicked. Between one who serves God and one who doesn't. Don't go by what it looks like here on, here on earth, totally and completely. Wait until, what did the Bible say? Judge nothing before the, until when? Until when? Until, is that scripture still up there? Until when? So let's don't judge anything before the time. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? I know it's just a little bit different uh, subject today, but I felt that's what the Lord wanted us to talk about, time. Well, stand with me if you would. Concerning salvation, the Bible says now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus into your life, into your heart, now is the time to do it. Don't put it off. So there'll be some men and women standing right up here in the front in just moments when we dismiss. If you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus into your heart, you need to do that. He's given you time to repent. He's given you time to repent. So take advantage of that time. All you have to do is walk forward. One of these nice people up front, just say, hey, I want to repent and ask Jesus into my heart. And just that quick, he'll come in there. You'll miss hell, make heaven one day. And he'll deposit the life of God in you. You'll be so glad that you did. Talking to Christians now, people who are already saved, I want to encourage you here. And I want to warn you as well. God's given each and every one of us time to repent. Time to repent. Use that time wisely. Use that time wisely. Whatever it is in your life that shouldn't be there, use that time wisely. He's given us time to repent. Yeah, but pastor, I've been getting away with this sin for all these years. I've been doing this and doing this. And you haven't been getting away with it. It's just been the long suffering of God. Eventually, he'll, he'll deal with you. So put that thing away. Quit allowing sin to rule over you. Put that thing away. Repent of it. Ask the Lord to forgive you. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Put it away. The Lord will forgive you. He'll never bring it up again. You go on down the road rejoicing. You'll be so glad you did. Praise God. Well, let me lead you in a... In, let, let's just... Let, let's just... Let's, let's, let's just close with a prayer. Pray this. Just say this after. Say, Heavenly Father... We're so grateful and thankful that you're gracious and merciful and that you're long-suffering and that you've given us time, time upon this earth, time to repent. We'll use that time wisely and you've given us time to walk in love and we'll make the most of every opportunity. We'll walk in love toward our spouse.
toward our children, toward our family members. And if we've left anything undone, we'll use this time to go make up for it and to make it right before it's too late and before time runs out. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, use this time to greet one another, love on one another. We'll see you tonight at 6 if you